Hello, welcome to Hazardous Opinions. I'm Eric, there's Andy. Hello. Today we are covering American History X. It is a crime drama that came out in 1998. Yeah, back in 98 with all the other good 90s movies we've been covering lately. Uh, This one's directed by Tony Kay, uh, who is another music video director, like we did with uh, Goodwill Hunting with Gus Van Sant. Just one of those directors that's done a lot of music videos and then hit it out of the park with a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, other than this movie, I don't think he's really done any other full feature films from what I've seen that took off at least as much as this one. He did a couple others, but uh, this is starring Edward Norton, our favorite 90s boy, as our main character, Derek. Uh, Edward Furlong as his little brother, Danny. Uh, Ethan Suple as some uh, comic relief. And then uh, Beverly D'Angelo as the mother in this movie. Uh, so we got kind of a good cast here. Not like huge household names other than Edward Norton, but really good set of cast here. This movie is dark what did you think of this one it was uh definitely dark but it was i feel like it's a uh necessary movie if uh if that makes sense yeah it, it shows a lot of uh it shows a lot of it's really dark in the sense that it has a lot of hate in it but it sheds light on um the real problems in America, which is racism, and it highlights uh, hate on both sides. Like nobody's really like the good guy in here, other than like I guess the main character who realized all this is just bullshit and not needed. You know, I I remember a quote by uh, Doctor, uh, what's his name, Doctor Sweeney. Sweeney, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, you know, he's asking Derek, like, you know, is, is any of this, what you were doing made improved your life at all? And then he realized that it didn't. So like anybody who subscribes to any of this kind of amount of hate really doesn't improve their life at all. So it's just like, yeah, it, it, it all comes up from a place of ignorance also. So, but I really like this movie. I'll rate it a nine out of 10. Damn, that might be your highest rated one so far. Would it? I wouldn't think so. I I, sure I, I had uh, track, but... I had uh, what that first movie we did, a nine out of ten. Oh, Gray Man. Gray Man. Yeah. yeah, Gray Man was good. Yeah, I also agree. This movie is necessary. It's a dark movie, and it's hard to watch. Um, it is, but it's definitely something that uh maybe not middle schoolers but maybe late high school or something be like one of those required movie reading type of things um oh yeah absolutely an important message yeah um very important as someone who's gone his entire adult life so far without seeing this movie i still learn things from this movie and like reanalyzed how I think of things and 
just gives you a lot to think about and makes you realize that, oh, the messages from 26 years ago now are different from today. Uh, we're still dealing with a lot of the same shit. Um, so yeah, I also give this movie probably close to a nine, like like an eight, nine, eight, eight. This movie was great. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like you said, with the, if you know something like this is, uh, I don't know if this was a book before it was a movie, uh, but I'm uh, not aware of it. If it was, yeah, I, I'm not either, but. Yeah, if it was, you know, taught in schools or show to people in school, like, I feel like it could be like, you know, one of those things that could really uh, change the dynamic of American culture. Um, yeah. I mean, at least keeping this movie in mind to actually like, you know, the message from it to actually apply to everyone in America. Like, I feel like it could be really detrimental to uh, changing the tide. That is definitely, I mean, we saw a lot of, you know, hate on both sides back in 2020 with all that uh, stuff going on. And, you know, this came out. We still do. We still, we still deal with all this stuff. And, you know, we just got to realize that hate towards any group of people, whether it be race or um, whatever uh, class system they identify with, like, it's just not necessary. Like, it's really not. It doesn't help anything. Yeah, it's not just black against white in this movie either. Um, they're... They throw out all the races in this movie and yeah. deal with racism of all kinds, as well as like homophobia um, and some sexism stuff as well. Yeah, it's, it's a good message overall. But the the main focus of this one is the racism of black against white. And I'm surprised they didn't for the main group being Nazis in this movie or neo-Nazis, whatever you call them. Um, there wasn't much talk about like Jews or anything like that. It was all just black and white um, fighting. Yeah, I think uh, anti-Semitism was implied when uh, was it uh, Derek's sister started dating a Jewish guy and he uh, like they were having dinner with him and he kicked him out. Oh, yeah, I think that was his, his mother. Or his, his mother? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, they were still like younger and stuff and then they started arguing. Yeah. I feel like all the hate started in the family or in the household. And, uh, it, it was, a like, if you want to say like a nature versus nurture thing, like it, it both applies to the outcome of this guy turning to, into what he was. Yep. Uh, so for those of you that haven't watched, uh, American history X here in a while, uh, the basic, synopsis of the movie is we have our main character Derek played by Edward Norton uh, he goes to prison for killing two black guys who were trying to get into his car after his little brother warned him of what was going on um, very violent scene mm-hmm. <laughs> so Derek goes to prison after that and while in prison we're kind of getting flashbacks in modern day it's bouncing back in time and from black and white to color 
Derek completely changes his ways by the time he gets out of prison. Like three years later, I think they said it was. Yep. Um, three years. He was only in prison for three years for what? Voluntary manslaughter? Yeah. I thought that was insane. He gets out and he realizes this whole Nazi thing is bullshit. It's a cult. Um, he didn't want to be a white supremacist anymore. And he went about trying to change his little brother who he had been indoctrinating previous to prison. And yeah, the movie kind of deals with the rest of the movie deals with those consequences of trying to unwind his little brother from the system. Yeah. It, it, he tries to unwind his little brother. And meanwhile, he gets a, uh, assignment from his professor, uh, telling him, cause I think he got into a fight with, uh, few black kids in the bathroom and Dr. Sweeney gives them an assignment to uh, write a paper called American History X and write it about his brother. First, he turns in a a whole analysis of Mein Kampf. Yep. He's a, yeah, he he turned in a paper called my Mein Kampf. That's what he got in trouble for. That's what, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of like a, double negative he's like my my struggle yeah translate to yeah it it does turn into that but i i don't think he uh realized that really i don't even know if he knows what that means he's just like (laughs) oh mein kampf i'm gonna yeah he just knows oh this guy that we look up to wrote it yeah Uh, i like that it's not a one-sided thing either it's not just hey there's nazis and they're bad they also yeah. shown that gangs in general like breed this violence of hate or um, this cycle of hate uh, with showing the uh, the black gang as well that they were constantly fighting with. Oh, and absolutely. As we get to the end of the movie, you realize that, hey, this back and forth hate, all it does is hurt both groups and just hurt everyone all around overall. Yeah, there's a lot of ugly on both sides. And, uh, yeah, it's like, it's all this system of indoctrination because, you know, his little brother, like he didn't, he wasn't about to be a white supremacist or a neo-Nazi or anything until he got like pretty much groomed into it by, uh, the, his brother. And then, uh, also while he was in prison, he was hanging out with, uh, uh, that guy, Cameron. Cameron, yep. Yeah, he's like the leader of this this gang. And, you know, he starts adopting the ideals, and that's how it works. I mean, you take impressionable young kids and tell them anything, and then they, uh, they're doing the same shit you're doing. So I feel like that's like how, you know, that's how gangs grow, and that's how they get more powerful. And it's, uh, it's sad to see, but yeah, it, shit like that happens on both sides gangsters it's just all it's like the criminals are the ones that are bad not like the the group you know not because it's whoever committed the crime judge them based off of what they did not like who they are i guess i think one of the funniest things to me about all that was that cameron didn't even believe the bullshit he was spewing he didn't which is why uh, derek ended up knocking his ass out. I wish he did a little bit more. That whole scene, 
actually from that scene onwards gave me just like intense anxiety through this movie yeah. because you knew like the the messages are being like outright said in the movie like you never know when your day's going to come mhm and you're just waiting for that the whole movie until it builds to that climax of the twist yeah yeah i'm like ugh from just like that whole night of him running away I'm just like waiting for him to get like cornered in an alley somewhere and just never happened. He just like kept on living. He kept on going. Yeah. It was interesting to see like his complete 180 after he got out of prison. Uh, because uh, in prison, he went in as a neo-Nazi, but like he had no friends. So he had to make friends with somebody. So he ended up joining another, you know, neo-Nazi group that was in prison. I think they were called the, the Aryan Brotherhood. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's fucking stupid, but like, yeah. And then, um, yeah, he ended up like being, uh, assigned to laundry work with this black guy and they ended up hitting it off and they ended up, uh, they had a, you know, had some fun conversations and they ended up becoming friends. But, you know, the Aryan Brotherhood did not like that. So they decided to. Uh... And the craziest part about all this is that the the guard who I'm assuming was also racist, like locked him in there in the room with these guys and like closed the door. And yeah, I think he ended up he ended up getting beaten and then another time he ended up getting sexually assaulted by them. So like it's a very gruesome scene. Yeah, it is like just hard to watch. Yeah. And just I mean, he didn't even do anything. He just decided to be friends with a black guy. And that that's like the craziest thing, you know? Yeah. Well, they were. um the funniest part is they're like also hypocrites. They didn't believe in it either. They were freely trading with like the Hispanics and the, the Jew group. And Edward Norton was kind of arguing against that. Like, Hey, you guys aren't actually standing up for your principles. Yeah. And that's when he started to like turn away from them more and um, befriend the, the black guy in the laundry room. And then they of course turn on him for violating those principles, even though they're doing the same thing. <laughs> Shit doesn't make any sense, man. Yeah. So you, you gotta like wonder at what point does it turn into extremism rather than, uh, just, I don't know what you call it. I mean, obviously it's all extremism, but like, if you don't really believe in what you're doing is it is it extremism at that point or are you just doing it just because you're in you're identified with a certain group and then you have to do it i don't know you have to believe is, what you're doing in order to be an extremist right i wouldn't say necessarily i'd say you could just be a fucking psychopath i guess i suppose it just wants to bring chaos regardless of the group you're with yeah entirely possible you um you made a comment about um, Danny probably not going to... He wouldn't have ended up being a white supremacist if it wasn't for Derek indoctrinating him. Yeah. And 
one of the turns I didn't expect in this movie is the flashback to both their uh, their father before he passed away, starting to indoctrinate Derek. Because Derek, uh, you get a flashback and he's in high school and stuff and he's learning from Sweeney when uh, he was his student. And he's like, yeah, we're learning these books from these great African-American authors. And he was like super into all the stuff. And his dad just goes on a very racist rant. And then obviously we learn later that one of the kind of turning points is that his father was murdered by a black man. And he kind of just turned to extremism from there. Okay. So, yeah, I guess with that point, the the indoctrination started with their father then. Yeah, and probably from their father or his father. Yeah. Just, just a cycle. Yeah. But, I mean, if you wanted to look at it from an objective view uh, rather than a skewed view that they had, they didn't get, like, he didn't get killed by some black guys. He got killed by some criminals, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that that that's where it started, though, is uh, his uh, racial viewpoints uh i think he said something about uh some firefighters got passed up some white uh firefighters got passed up by two black firefighters to uh get promoted or something or yeah and uh it, it could have been like even though they scored higher on the test they got passed up but uh i mean yeah you could chalk it up to was it uh, uh what what, what is that uh, term? Affirmative action. Affirmative action. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, you could chalk Which it up is... to affirmative action, but like you didn't know, like you didn't know these guys. Like they could have been more personable. They could mm-hmm. have uh, had better resumes. All that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And that, like, still another thing that very much relates today is uh, affirmative action as it relates to uh, higher education got overturned. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then I, they, they talked about immigration a lot earlier in the movie. They made it seem like they're kind of in a border town. I think this is in Cali. Because they, they kept talking about Hispanics coming over and taking their jobs. and. Oh, yeah. That's why they, uh, they raided that supermarket and yeah. did all those heinous things to the employees because of, uh, you know, just because they were immigrants and... They were taking their jobs or whatever. Was, they just went in there and did all this crazy shit to the supermarket and was beating the shit out of the men and like pouring sauce all over the women. That one's very accurate. Still today, that's probably one of the um, bigger topics of the news as of this last year. Yeah. Is just immigration and how it's affecting uh, the U.S. as a whole. Yeah. I mean, we're always going to have immigration, though. I mean, that's what we're founded on, right? Yeah, I think the difference is like, I don't know. I think people where where they draw the line is, I don't know, actually, because it's still you're leaving a bad scene. I was going to say uh, with Paris Island and um, all the immigrants fleeing into New York was trying to escape war. Oh, but I mean different immigrants of Central America and South America and stuff are all fleeing some sort of war in their countries. They're either fleeing a war or the cartel or something. They just need to get out of there. Yeah. 
So, I mean, everyone just wants to look for a better life for themselves. Yep. I don't know exactly how it works, but uh, I'm assuming like, well, from what I've heard, the immigration process is just brutal. It takes years. Yeah. I mean, just because of the sheer number, like we may not have a great birth rate in the U.S. compared to some countries. Yep. But like our immigration rate is just insane. I don't have the statistics on me, so I'm not going to guess at them, but I know it's in like many millions. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a little crazy. Like, I don't know. Just imagining like, because uh, we, we both grew up in a smaller state and a state that doesn't even have a population of a million and right. trying to imagine like 11 million people just moving into your state or something like that. Yeah. Trying to imagine that kind of impact that would have like the amount of houses you need to put up then uh, the amount of new jobs. And I think that's where people reach this tension with immigration. Yes. It's not a steady birth rate. It's a lot of people at once that are usually full grown adults that now you have to support. I don't know what the like refugee policies are in America, but like, I feel like that's like also a huge thing that like uh, a lot of people have problems with because, I mean, if they come here as refugees, they get a little help from the government, right? Yeah, the asylum policy has been, I get, it depends where you're coming from on your viewpoint, but many would say pretty lax nowadays. Yep. As we are providing more and more benefits for refugees that are seeking asylum in our country okay with you know the so-called sanctuary cities seven new york and chicago and uh, the, the various other ones and stuff like that that give them hotel rooms phones food uh, a lot of people take issue with that when we do have you know of course our own starving people to take care of but it's yeah yeah there should be a policy change with like homeless or to mitigate the homelessness for sure yeah but i mean i guess going back to the movie uh that that's their main issue with uh people at the supermarket was just it was uh ran by immigrants and they did not like that so they raided the whole place and yeah i think more so than that they said it, it was the change that they didn't like the change previously yeah. it was a it was a white owner with white employees all from the local area and then they said a korean guy bought the place and then completely outsourced all the the work to what they claimed was illegal immigrants we don't know if they had papers or not but yeah but yeah but i mean it was the change but we don't know what happened I'm, i don't even think they know what happened uh maybe the owner couldn't afford to have it anymore so he he sold it to a korean owner and maybe everybody there was also racist and they're like oh i don't like this change and i'm leaving so he had to outsource you know people that he knew to hire to work this supermarket that he now has like the thing is we don't know what happened that's what i'm saying like this all is based off of ignorance yeah exactly like you don't know if hey, maybe in the last 10 years, Hispanics became 
kind of a majority in whatever city in Cali we're in. And then, so obviously, statistically, you'd have more Hispanic workers there. Yep. So you just you just don't know all the facts. Yeah, they didn't know. And I think this took place in Venice Beach. I don't know if oh, that's a... Yep. Uh, yeah, that's in Southern California, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So, yeah, closer to... Uh, closer to Mexico than anything. So that, that makes sense. Yeah. It's probably close to, uh, I think Baja California down there in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Prime immigration areas just because, I mean, you get across the border and you probably don't want to trek across the entire U S you're going to stay somewhere close to where you enter. Well, especially like if you're used to Mexico, you're not going to want to move up to, you know, Minnesota, where it's <laughs> cold, like I can't blame them. I don't want to be there either. Yeah, nobody wants to be there. It's too cold. Yeah, uh, Venice Beach is right outside L.A., so it's it's pretty close to the border. Yeah, so that makes sense. One thing I want to know, getting on a you know happier note here, though we did know this movie was going to be yeah kind of a gloom fest. <laughs> Who the fuck wears boots during sex? So Derek, at the beginning is fucking. Uh, what, what's her name? Davina? No, that's his sister, Stacy. Oh, yeah, his girlfriend. Yeah, Stacy. She's wearing the, you know, the big, um, high platform goth boots and stuff. Yep. Why? Why are you wearing boots during sex? Is that not uncomfortable to take your pants off? The over boots, boots stay on during sex. <laughs> I that's guess. her only policy. <laughs> But like, yeah, I, I guess I don't remember that part. Were they like really high knee boots or something? Uh, I don't think they were that high. They were like probably calf high. Oh, just those yeah. big black platform boots. That... Super, yeah, super yeah. huge boots. <laughs> probably takes forever to take off, so that's why she's just like, I'm leaving them on. Yep, that's fair. The uh, I also noticed the whole family has names that start with D. Like Derek, Danny, uh, Davina. I don't know if we ever knew the dad's name, but I'm just going to call him Dad, which all starts with a D. Yeah, what was the dad's name? Is it uh, Dennis, maybe? That's Dennis, good. probably. I don't know. Yeah, Doris is their mother. Yeah, they really like the Ds. Yep. I really liked uh, the, the sister, Davina, in this movie. She was... They kept labeling her as like a Democrat, liberal, whatever, um, yeah. because she didn't support the whole uh, like racist racism thing in general, the supremacy thing. Yep. She wasn't like advocating the extreme way the other way. She was just a caring person. And yeah, exactly. I like that she she never faltered with her beliefs throughout the movie. It makes me wonder if she because we we don't really get to see her side of the story if she grew up more like learning from her mom and if it was like traditional household values if she never got to like learn anything from her dad if that's why she didn't also get indoctrinated to that i don't know maybe but i mean it's like a lack of compassion you know it's uh i think uh i don't know it, it's just like there's so much like how do you fill your heart with so much hate that's what I'm saying. Like, 
you don't even try to understand perspectives. I think the whole thing, uh, I think uh, even the screenwriter like emphasized this is like with a little different perspective and a little compassion, it could honestly help anybody who's in this, uh, in these kinds of situations. Yeah. I mean, all it took was, well, obviously he was in a whole year with the, uh, the other laundry guy that was with him, but like all it took, it was them just joking around one day and yeah. then quickly became friends. And he was able to tell him like his perspective on the whole thing, like how, you know, how rough it is to be, uh, black in America and shit like that. And like, he yeah. kind of understood that. So I think it's where he started to develop a little bit of compassion and then he just decided to make a change for the better. I think one of the, the great things that they show in that conversation is you don't have to start off like immediately delving into these issues when you're trying to breach that. Like, how do we make our groups come together? Uh, yeah. They start talking about their common uh, love for basketball. Yep. And then, you know, it just goes from there. You build a rapport and you, you get to talk about deeper issues. Yeah. Have that conversation. Yeah, they both have a love for basketball and they have things in common. And, you know, it's like people that are in these kind of groups, they they assume that every other race is so much different than them when really they're more similar than they think because we're all human. That's all it is. It's like we're all human. I mean, most of us, I would I would still argue for some reptilians in Congress. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the guy, uh, Facebook. What, what's oh, his name? Zuckerberg. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg, the leader of them all. Yeah. Um, I really like Sweeney in this movie. He's not a huge character. I feel like I only remember like five-ish scenes from him. He's just kind of like in the background. But he he starts off this thing that becomes really important, and it's the like the through line to the movie is giving that assignment to Danny to write about his brother and to take a hard look at his family and analyze why they are where they are Mm -hmm. and how that hate has influenced their life. He Sweeney, like you can, you kind of get the feeling that uh, I think they said he had like two PhDs, but yet he's teaching high school. Like that obviously he has a passion for helping others. That yeah. he's not just going to pursue money. He went to go uh, somewhere where he could make change. And he knows exactly like when to be gentle and when to uh, be more firm, uh, especially with like Danny as well. Like the, the first conversation they have that, that we see, uh, he like yells at him to come in his office and he starts counting down. <laughs> and then as soon as they start talking and it, he starts getting more gentle and stuff and he's asking him about home and uh, he just struck me as like a, a really good role model and a good uh, person to inspire change in yeah. those kind of places. Yeah. And uh, I know Derek knew that too, because when he came back from prison and saw that his brother was getting into uh, the gang and stuff, he, uh, told him to listen to Dr. Sweeney, do everything he says. 
And yep. he's like, yeah, 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 whatever. Cause he didn't actually believe anything that Sweeney says, but it seems like the more, you know, the more monologue we hear from him writing this paper, the more he starts to understand like how skewed his perspective is. Yeah. And I don't think Danny ever got fully indoctrinated either. Like Seth, uh, the one played by Ethan Suple, yep. was being a fucking creep, by the way. Um, and like yeah. recording their underage sister uh, and trying to get like an upskirt video shot of her. Yeah. At least we think she was underage because she was still in school. Yeah. Anyways, he was he was recording uh, Danny as well and trying to get him to say racist shit and stuff like that. And Danny almost seemed like he's reciting something rather than actually believing it. And then, of course, their sister stops him, too, when she doesn't deal with that bullshit. Yeah. I don't think Danny ever, like, fully went over to that side. I think he was just trying to embrace what his brother believed. Yeah. Well, I mean, you saw how extreme his brother was. After he killed those uh, two guys, like, he like he turned around and was smiling like he totally yeah. thought what he did was justified and you know i think that really stuck with uh danny in what he did he's like wow he believes in this that that much like it's he fucking scarred the kid yeah because yeah. he still said he like um he wish he never told derek that they were breaking into his car yeah like and derek did not need to go that far but his hate just pushed him not. beyond beyond just protecting his property to the point where he curb stomped the guy after he was already shot and bleeding to death. Well, I mean, when you when you think about it, the responsible thing you could have done, like he he looked through the eye hole of the door and saw the dude standing out there with a gun. I mean, yeah. he had a gun. If he were to enter the house with the gun, then by all means, I mean, do whatever you need to to protect your family, right? But like. He didn't. He was standing out there and he could have just went and called the cops and um, told them what was going on instead of, you know, busting through the door and instantly opening fire like he wanted to kill these dudes. Yeah, he hops out of bed and he's almost excited like this is his moment. Yep, exactly. And, um, you know, we don't get to see much reflection on like his murders of this whole thing. But I mean, obviously by the time came, like he, I'm sure he did realize that, yeah, that was fucked up. I shouldn't have done that, but it would have been nice to have him like actually reflect on the murders that he did. I mean, I don't, and I guess, I mean, it was passed as uh self-defense, which I, I assume is why he got such a short sentence. Yeah, you know, they kind of allude to the uh, systematic issues as well. Like when he's, what is the name of the guy that was in the, Lamont. Uh, Lamont. The Lamonte. Yeah. He was like, seriously, man, what are you in for? Like, stop joking around with me when he like told them his actual story. Yeah. He's like, no, man, I dropped a TV on the guy's foot by accident and they... Uh, what did he get like seven years or something like that for yeah, assaulting he got six officer? years for dropping yeah. a TV and he like Derek was just so dumbfounded that he thought I was joking with him like there's no way you got six years for that yeah 
and he got three years for voluntary manslaughter of yeah. two people. It's a double, double kill. Yep. I, I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, three years? He got three years. I couldn't get over it. Yeah. And Derek kind of just realizes, like, holy shit, you got fucked by the system. Yeah. But, I mean, like, when when you want to hold it up in court, I guess, I mean, you could say, like, they were on my property. They were um, stealing my car. They, uh, You could have lied and said that they tried to shoot me or something and it was self-defense, but then he yeah. curb stomped that guy. So I think that's why that's, like, yeah, that's, I think probably where he got his charges. Yeah. From. Like you don't, we don't know the whole case details and everything of the trial, but you could get away with, you know, armed men breaking to your car. Yeah. Self-defense on your property. But yeah, curb stomping is maybe a little bit far. And then, uh yeah yeah um the whole uh like just finishing him off in general they would say that hey no he was no longer a threat yeah that's true obviously probably the court trial probably would it would have been way more complicated but in a time where you know racism is clearly still a thing where you know the black guy gets six years for dropping a tv and um the white guy gets three years for curb stomping somebody and shooting another guy like, yeah. And shooting, they shot the third guy too. He shot at him cause he drove away with the car. Oh, or, I thought they made it looked like he hit him and then he just got away though. Yeah, he might've, uh, but yeah, from what I know, I think he, I think the third one got away and yeah, was still shooting at him like with the intent to kill. Like he did not let up on that trigger. Yeah. But yeah. Despite Derek teaching Danny all the wrong things, I still really appreciate the like strong bond and like the love that he has for his brother. Yep. Like just once he learns that he was in the wrong with his beliefs, he was risking his life to bring his brother to school, to change his brother, to try and make him see the wrong in his ways. Yeah. And not only that, but like, you know, risking his life to get out of the, um, the whole Nazi parade concert event thing. I don't know. You yeah. The convent man. Like, he almost could have got mobbed there if he didn't mention. Yeah. Got- I couldn't believe how quick Seth turned on him too, just because he's just like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not into this anymore. And then he just pulls a gun out on him. Like, I'm going to kill you for saying that. Like, that's just insane. Yeah. It shows you, like, I, I don't know, you're you're fully in or you're not. Yeah. But it also goes to show, like, there's no, like, these people aren't really your people. Like, it's more of like an enemy of my enemy thing. Yeah. And even Stacy, who he thought loved him and, like, even waited for him to get out of prison and everything. Yeah. Immediately turned on him. Immediately. When, just because he's he just like his views. Yeah, no, just for changing his views. And that's that's the main thing. It's like it's fueled by hate and there's no love. Yep. His friends aren't really his friends. Yeah. She was chanting on Seth to shoot him. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, that was that was a little bit shocking to me because I, I thought they would at least like hear him out or something, but no, they're just like ready to kill him. 
Yeah, obviously we're way deep into spoilers, but I, I do want to talk about the end a little bit too, that constant anxiety that I mentioned of just waiting for that pin to drop mm-hmm. um, for Derek to be shot only to get that like horrible last scene of uh, Danny being shot instead. And yeah. Like the whole switch out there. That made me like so unbelievably sad at the end of the movie. I was not expecting that, which is why it's a twist, but, um, and like, it's kind of that thing, like just as Danny was turning things around too, the consequences of his prior hate led to further hate that got him killed. Yeah. Even though he changed his ways, he didn't yet like amend his past yeah. um, issues. So it got him killed. It didn't amend and like he didn't even do anything necessarily that bad either. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, his viewpoints were messed up. What he believed in was messed up. But like what he did compared to what his brother did, like wasn't that bad. So like, did he deserve to die for it? No. But I mean, even in his uh, in his paper, like one of his last lines at the end of this movie was like, you know, life's way too short to to have so much hate or something. So like he kind of just like he realized the error of his ways, but it was too late. He got shot and it was a hit. And uh, it was just nuts. Uh, I don't know. They didn't explicitly state it. I didn't. I couldn't tell if the actors were the same. If this was also partially Derek's fault, because we there there was a scene on the basketball court earlier in the movie as well, where Danny was uh, kind of staring at them playing basketball, and older brother, dad, w- whatever the relationship is, told the younger black gentleman that shot Danny, he's like, "You gonna stand for that shit?" Kind of just like enticing him to fight back with with Danny and stuff. Yeah. And I don't know if if that older guy was the same one that like got kicked off the basketball court when they played for it uh, years ago. If it was like a kind of like a cycle from Derek's hate or something like that. Well, I know the whole reason they went to uh, steal his car was because of the basketball court thing. Those were the guys that they were playing basketball with and they weren't playing fair and you know these guys hated him so much that they gotta they're like oh we're just gonna take his steal his car and all that happened because of that so yeah it's just like yeah i guess the whole thing is like hate just spews more hate and there's no resolving anything because it just leads to more hate yeah i love that Doris doesn't put up with Derek shit either. Like she just like also doesn't agree with it. Like uh, Davina, but she just doesn't put up with it as much. She's mm-hmm. just like Derek, stop like spewing that shit. And like uh, when they had the uh, the the boyfriend of the mom over, and I think they were trying to imply that he was Jewish, and fucking Derek like tears off his shirt and stuff and he's like showing him the swastika and 
trying to fight him and arguing him with him and um eventually he just can't stand it and leaves but like he he held a civil conversation for so long despite all of Derek's hate and that was really impressive like yeah i mean just, like eating these blows to his character while still trying to like just logically argue with him yeah I mean, they were having a decent conversation until they found out he was Jewish. And then that that's when it just all took a turn downhill. Like all logic went out the window. Yeah. Yeah. And and his mom was just. I don't know, really sorry for how he was. And yeah, he's like, yeah, we, we should just move away. We don't need to be around the rest of my family. And she's just really disappointed of Derek as a son. She's like, I can't believe like you came out of me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't yet that uh, it wasn't yet that shock that did him in and changing his views. Yeah, but um, he did learn to change later. And um, yeah, it seemed like uh, I, I would make the argument that she was married to his dad, who was also a bit racist, but not like an extremist. Mm-hmm. But uh. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Derek took those viewpoints that his dad had, which uh, aren't favorable, but not extreme. Uh, but and then just took those and just ran with it and, you know, just turned into a neo-Nazi. Yeah, and then somehow met Cameron. I can't remember if they did explained how they ran into each other, but Cameron being the influence on Derek. um turned him into what he became and i think like the overall theme for this movie is how one influence one person good or bad can really change like just how you view the world yeah all it takes is one person that you look up to to tell you this is how things are and if you trust that person like you're probably gonna follow that exactly Especially if you're, you know, young and you're you're growing up and you're impressionable. Yeah. And I think that's why it's important to always take as many perspectives as you can on a single issue as possible before you come to any conclusions. Yeah. I mean, yeah. See it like all through the movie from the dad onto Derek, Derek onto Danny, and then seeing it the opposite way too, that it can go the good way with Lamont teaching Derek the good way and Derek then passing that back on to Danny again. Yeah. And that's, yeah, and that's all it takes, but it also, it can work for you or against you, but, um, that's, yeah, that's where it's important to take in both sides of the story. Yeah. And that whole, uh, like generational trauma or generational racism, like those things like carry through in ways that you don't understand unless you take a real big step back to realize I don't even know why I hate these people yeah. or why I feel this way. We're not born know, racists. Yeah. I just know my parents or my uncle or whoever it was that influenced you felt this way. So now I feel this way. Absolutely. That's how it is. That's how it still is. And nobody's born a racist, but it takes a parent to teach their kid racism to make them a racist and then so on. Yeah. So moral of the story, be a good influence in someone's life. 
Yeah. Uh, someone look up, looks up to you. Don't abuse that kind of power. Exactly. Yeah. That's pretty much all I have on American History X. Yeah, that's all I got too. Be a, be a good motherfucker. That's all, that's all <laughs> we want you to do. I, uh, I don't know if... Sorry, I guess I do have one more note. Uh, if the X comes from... Like, if there's a specific reason for that, is that, like, uh, uh, like Malcolm X and, like, the Black Panther movement or something? I don't know. If there's uh, just a reason for that. I don't know. The book title. Um, uh, I'm not sure, because American History X is something that Dr. Sweeney came up with. I, I don't know his reasoning behind that and what it has to do with... Uh, you know, Danny writing it about his brother, but I think it's, uh, I don't know. It, it does it have to do with the saying Deus Ex. No, I don't think that became really popular yet at that time, but I don't know. I just found it funny. Like that it was kind of like the, the era of where we just slap X on everything, but I felt that it probably had more of a important role than that, given the weight of this movie. Uh, so deus ex machina is a Greek term meaning a person or thing that appears or is introduced into a situation suddenly or unexpectedly and provides artificial or contrived solution to an apparently insol- insoluble difficulty. Yeah, but that would be EX. This is just X. Yeah, but like you think it has any relation no, I don't think it has any relation to Deus Ex. Um, I don't know. Oh, I just God I from the machine. Didn't know the full meaning of it, or if, I guess you can turn a swastika into an X. I, I suppose. Know. Yeah. I don't different know. ways you could take it. Interesting question. If you guys have any theories on that, be, uh, feel free to drop us a line uh, at hazardousopinions at gmail.com. Has it just been his pod? Hydra's, yeah, pod. that I don't even know our email. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what he said. Yes, and we're also on Instagram. You can shoot us a DM there at Hazardous Opinions Pod. And then we also have a Discord link in the description you can always reach out to. Yeah. I, I did find it very funny that it's just it's like you're gonna call it American History X. Yeah. Okay, Sweeney. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But you've been watching anything hopefully light, lighter hearted than this lately? Yeah, uh, not not very many movies. Well, actually, yeah, I've seen uh, the new Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse movie. Oh, that was shit. good. How was that? I, I, I loved it beginning to end. Um, the ending kind of cucked me, but, uh, you know, makes me excited for the next one then. I definitely need to see that one, um, especially because, as you know, I worked my way through like the top 250 list in IMDb. That yep. one jumped up to like 16th. Yeah. Which is it, pretty impressive for a new movie because most of is, the top like 15 is um, pre 2000s. Yeah, I know. And I was I saw that, too, and I was impressed by that. Uh, but yeah, it it deserves it because it is an amazing movie. And uh, if you're a Spider-Man fan who you know, I, at least, um, 
they make a lot of comic book references. They make a lot of uh, the Spider-Man movie references too. And uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a good movie, but also a fan service. It's not like solely a fan service, but like, I loved it. Yeah. I will have to check that out. Uh, There's a lot of good movies coming up in the next few months here that I'm looking forward to. Or ones that are already out. I need to go watch Indiana Jones still. Indiana Jones. That came out, didn't it? Yeah. Number five now. Wow. Yeah. uh, What have you seen recently? Uh, I haven't been watching a whole lot. Still going through Suits. Um, It's a long fucking show. (laughs) Yeah. I did watch Reservoir Dogs for the first time, though. It's a Tarantino movie that I had not seen yet. I've always been meaning to watch that. Is it as good as it says? It was very good. I was very impressed, and it quickly became maybe one of my favorite Tarantino movies. Definitely top three of his so far. Okay. Um, It is, I think it's his second or third movie he did. He actually plays like a role in the movie too. He's not just a cameo. And so it was weird to see him in there, but um, the dialogue is as on point as it's ever been with Tarantino. And it's just, it's good is, is what I'll say. It's very, very good. Yeah. I think, Oh, this might be, yeah. His first, Oh no, I'm looking at his writer credits. It was his first writing credit. Uh, and his second movie that he made, Reservoir Dogs. Okay, very good. Uh, a lot of a lot of big names in there too, so it's definitely high recommend. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been watching though. I think we discussed Oppenheimer on the last one. There's been a lot of good, good theater releases of this last year. So we'll have to do all like right. a like a year in review at some point and yeah, discuss 2023 and movies because. It's been a big year. Yeah, it has for sure. But I feel like the next few years are going to be. I don't, I, I don't know for sure, but, you know, it might be a bit dismal for movies because of the writer strikes and all that going on. That is true. That could have a a slow effect, maybe not for 24 movies, but like for 25 and onwards. Yeah it um might get pushed back and delayed yeah it, yeah it might be a little uh a little low kind of like how uh i think it was 20 2020 or 2021 where because of the pandemic there was a lack of movies coming out yeah uh, i think it was 21 because yeah everything at 20 was already or no yeah late late 2020 everything that was like going to be a theater release like either went straight to dvd or they pushed it back yeah yeah. that was that was a crazy time for movies but uh Mm -hmm. yeah it's might might happen again but hopefully hollywood gets their shit figured out and starts paying (laughs) the writers more i mean the brain i mean like these great movies are brain children of great writers so like why aren't they getting paid Makes no sense to me. Till we uh, get AI written movies here in the future. That's true. They're getting Disney smarter. and Microsoft are already working together on that. So yeah, you know, as soon as they perfect that, writers are out. AI is in. For all artists in general, anybody who's like in the art field, 
that gets paid for it uh, could be replaced by AI. Because I yeah. mean, but then again, that that might uh, that might uh, take away originality too, because AI only knows as much as what's already been done. Current AI, I mean, true AI that can think on its own is yet to really be developed. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, it's probably a whole other discussion for a whole other episode, but I really thought that we'd be starting with like uh, lower paid jobs and working our way up. We're going straight from getting rid of movie makers and stuff for AI. Yeah. <laughs> just for uh, more, just for more money in somebody's pocket. Yeah. Any hoosies, you can look forward to a, our September episode coming out here. Uh, our first one is my pick and I want to cover a Korean movie. So this one we're going to be doing with a special guest who is not yet appeared on the pod. Uh, so you'll hear from him and we're going to be doing train to Busan. This is probably my favorite Korean zombie flick. Uh, it's very good and I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah, me too. And then, uh, yeah, we have we have a lot more good movies upcoming. So definitely reach out to us at the uh, our social medias. They're all in the description there. And let us know what you want to see in the future. Yep. Until next time. See ya. This is Chad Skylark signing off. <laughs> Don't be racist. <laughs>